0: Uh, I'm Steve, uh, Steve Bayman, Viv and I, we lead, uh, lead Vineyard 61 and um, I haven't been to, to the Ballam site for about three months. Uh, our, many of you know our site pastor Chris uh, over at Battersea, he's been, he's been unwell and so we've been, uh, we've been sort of holding the fort over over at Battersea, so it's great to be here. And also uh, just to the Battersea people, just let's turn around, we've, we've got, uh, I'm on the big screen at Battersea, let's just give them a wave. Hey Batsy and hey Westside, just welcome, welcome to, uh, welcome to Sunday. Um, Also, there's some new things that I hear. There's a TV screen telling me how long I've got. (laughs) 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 I've literally not seen that before. But the good news is, the countdown says start preach in eight minutes. So. I'm just going to add that. My preach starts at zero, so um, welcome, welcome to Steve. Welcome to, welcome to the preach. Uh, we, if you're our guest uh, here this morning at Westside or at Battersea or, or here, uh, we just want to say welcome, welcome to the family. Uh, we believe that this is a church of belonging, a church where, where God's presence transforms us morning, noon and night. And so, um, I don't know about you, we, we come in here with all kinds of things. Uh, we walk in here from the things that we carry during our week, whether that's disappointments or bereavements, challenges at work, uh, challenges at home, maybe some of us are in pain, sickness, uh, but also life's ups and downs, right? We all come in here, you know, the hundred people here, the, the many people at Westside and and Battersea, we, we've all come here this morning with different, different things, some good, some, some, uh, some down things. What we're seeking to do here is provide an encounter where you and I can meet with our maker, receive and feel his presence, and give him that baggage, give him that pain, give him that guilt, give him that shame, or whatever it is that you've, you've come here today. Uh, so I just want to say, welcome, welcome. And as we're here, our, our environment is really, we want to just signpost you to Jesus. We want to point you towards this man, Jesus, towards his teachings, towards his way, uh, but also his power. Uh, and he has power to transform us. And so um, as we look at, uh, the, over the last few weeks, we've been looking at the power of the church, uh, I've got the privilege of just landing our series today, uh, looking at God's presence in the church. Uh, and what does that mean? Is that just for here on Sundays? Uh, and I want to propose that it's uh, a lot more than, more than just the, the four walls of, uh, that God's power rests upon us. You see, we want to be, when Viv and I, when we, when we launched this church, we, we wanted to start a community who genuinely and authentically puts Jesus on display. Uh, because the Bible, he, it calls him the desire of the nations. And so I want to propose that the more that we represent him, the more that we represent him um, in the church, but also in our community, the more people uh, want to join in with him. He is is desirable. And I I want to also propose that it was clear, not only that from Jesus, but it was clear that he wanted his followers to believe in him and to put his words into practice. And so, if I can sum up the the talk, I've still got four minutes before I need to start. (laughs) We want to be a people of his presence and take that encounter with us wherever we are. And so I love what uh, John Wesley, uh, John Wesley, the the famous uh, theologian, evangelist, uh, he he led a revival within the Church of England movement that we know as the uh, Methodism. He said this about Jesus. Uh, I love this. He said, "I, I want the whole Christ for my savior, the whole Bible for my book, and the whole church for my fellowship and the whole world for my mission field. Wow. It's great, isn't it? As a boy growing up in South Africa and Tutin, uh, my two heroes were Jody Schechter, who was a Formula 1, uh, a Formula 1 racer, and Evil Knievel. <laughs> I loved the cape. Uh, he was a stuntman, stuntman from America. I, I loved the power of seeing people race cars, and do stunts. Uh, I remember in primary school, just in Hilbert School in Tootin, uh, doing a project on what I wanted to be when I grew up. And uh, I wanted to be a man When man when I grew up, when I was a, when I was a boy. Um, later on in life, I wanted to be an accountant, so that's how far <laughs> <laughs> I then drifted. <laughs> Uh, But I wanted to be a stuntman as a a boy. And so sometimes when I'm driving and I I see people hold their seatbelts a little bit tighter, you can kind of understand that I've still got that dream of uh, (laughs) driving fast cars. Uh, Every three years, the police ask ask me to do an advanced driving course. I mean, technically, it's called a a speed awareness course. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I like to re- redefine things. <laughs> it, it was so bad that I almost uh, printed off a certificate saying advanced driving course expert. 3 It expires in three years. Uh, but as I was thinking about this morning, I was thinking about some of the stunt shows that I used to watch as a boy. Uh, there was one show I was just reminded of where the guy was, uh, was standing at, on top of a helicopter, uh, on the edge of a helicopter, hundreds of, hundreds of metres in the air, and uh, his, his job was to land on the X without a parachute. And there was like a big inflatable that he was about to land on. Um, I was thinking about this morning. Uh, I feel like that guy on the helicopter, an X marks the spot in terms of what i'm hoping to land land on uh, this morning you see i have i'm just going to be really honest i have one real life message i have one thing that i feel god has placed in me and as i preach i just say it in multiple different ways and uh, good preachers can take scriptures and preach authentically and uh, theologically Uh, I I have one life message that I try to weave in all of my talks, and so uh, my hope today is that we'll we'll land on the power of God, we'll land on the raw power of God in the church and for us, so um, I'm about to jump, shall we go together, (laughs) fasten your seatbelts, hold on tightly, here we go. Um, if, uh, we're going to read two scriptures, and if you, if you don't have a Bible, uh, just grab one at the back with our compliments, or you can download uh, the Bible, the Bible on, uh, on, on, on your app. The first one, uh, Matthew, Matthew chapter 10, verse 5 and 8. This is Jesus, as he was talking to his followers, he, he kind of gave them a job description. He kind of said what the things that they were to do. And not just for his uh, disciples, his followers, but for us as well. Let me just read it. Um, Jesus sent them out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles uh, or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel or the lost sheep of London or the lost sheep in your neighborhood. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick. Raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you've received, now freely give. So Jesus here is giving us as followers our instructions, our job description. I want to propose that Jesus and his teachings and his expectation of the normal Christian life look like this. The normal Christian life is to follow His way, follow His message, and demonstrate that message with words and and power and works. In other words, if we were in primary school, nursery nursery school, we would do a lot of show and tell. We would show and tell. We would we would show Jesus and tell people about about who He is. Second, uh, the second. Scripture today it comes from 1 Corinthians. Again these are two of my favorite favorite scriptures. And so it was with me brothers and sisters when I came to you I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God for I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness and with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive word, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. Passages like these give me a lot of hope. Uh, And so my ex today, uh, as we proposed to look at God's power in the church uh, this morning, you see, the power of God is made manifest in the church for us. And so I've just got two points today, which I want to look at. I can start my preach. Uh, number one, the power of the church. We've been looking at the power of the church. in uh, who we, Our purpose, the people of the church, but now we're going to look at it, the, his presence in the church. His presence with us, I want to say, is as we serve our city, as we go and serve our community. Uh, but his presence as well is with us as we, as we gather together. You see, Jesus described, described us as his little followers, as little Christs, to model and to be signposts for him. Told us to do the same as him. Jesus taught us that when we commit our life, uh, to follow him, as a, as an obedient learner, you will receive God's power. You will receive power from him to help you to be a, a faithful steward, to help you to be a little, little Christ. And I, I want to say it's a real upside-down value, being a Christian, of what we know what the world says about power. We know about power, don't we? The world is consumed by this hunger for more power, whether it's political. I mean, every day there's some, some change or some, some thought about how political power wants to, to be more in control and how to put others, others down. Whether it's in military power or industrial power, corporate power or economic power, these powers where people are trying to vie for positions, vie for advantages over one another. Advertisers know this, and so they, they appeal to our desire for more, more power and more influence. Uh, and we know power in a destructive way, don't we? Whether it's racism or prejudice, fear or hunger, violence, hatred, greed, terror, terrorism. I could go on and on and on. Abuse of the environment's power other evils that we see in our in our society but unlike the power that we see around us jesus calls us and the church is called not to be in that same rhythm as the power of our culture the power of our world rather we're to practice counterformation in the way of jesus we're to practice we're to become learners of a counterformation in the way of jesus Living on sacrificial mission for the renewal of our communities. That's what the church is about. And so as we practice counterformation, we learn, what we're doing is we're trying to learn how to walk daily in the way of Jesus. Not in the ways of the world. Not to be as absorbed or assimilated by the world. But to be as absorbed and assimilated by the ways of Jesus. Jesus. In order that we can be i can be more transformed by this man jesus and uh and over the as i've just been thinking about the church and what we, what we've been doing to practice counterformation I, i've just got a few things which i'm just i'm really proud of uh, you guys as we've got stuck into serving our city practicing counterformation so we go out to the homeless and uh, I've just been so proud over the last month as we collected dozens of coats, scarves, hats, sleeping bags to give, tents to give away to rough sleepers in, our, in London. Uh, or on a Monday, one of my favorite places, is a Monday, Monday morning here, Monday afternoon here, we, have a, we run a hub, provides a warm space for people uh, to connect with in community, um, we play bingo. Uh, I've never won, which I'm still, one day, one day I win. Uh, you can stop by for a chat, for a cup of coffee, every Monday between 11 and 2. We can't wait to meet you. And, uh, or even in our toddler groups. Uh, throughout the week, or other groups or activities, uh, various clubs that we run in our, in our community. We turn up on Friday nights for our, in our youth club uh, to create space for children and young people to to have fun, learn about Jesus, and for us as youth workers and children's workers to to be little Christs for, for, for children and young people in and around our Westside site. We serve. At the seats that you're sat on, the coffee that you've drunk, the pastries have all been provided by people that turn up early uh, here to, to set up the chairs, set out the coffee, put out the pastries. And so we're so thankful for people that, that come early to serve, to serve the community. Uh, whether that, We call them the dream team, because they're amazing. Everyone that volunteers on a Sunday is just our dream team, uh, but also our worship teams make these environments possible make it possible so that we can sing, we can worship, we can receive, we can be ministered to. There's real power in serving our and our community, and God's presence goes with us as we go into our community. There's also power in the way that we financially give to the local church as well, so that all of this can happen. Uh, but also, there's a lot of unglamorous stuff that uh, uh, happens in the church. Uh, so just this week at Westside, at Westside at the moment, just have a look at Westside onto your back right-hand side uh, by the yellow room. Um, we have some damp issues at Westside and uh, so we've, ha- we've been getting some quotes in and it's literally going to cost us thousands to get the internal and external works done. So at Westside, have a look. Have a look over there. Uh, we're praying. We don't have the budget to to spend thousands on, on, on that. Uh, so uh, pray, pray that we can get the, the damp uh, fixed so, so soon. We gather together. We serve our community several times a year. We just close our Sunday gatherings because of the importance we feel in serving our community in the best church we can be for our community. We we run a City Sunday where we we go to people in need, whether it's in schools or individuals, and just uh, serve our our people by doing gardening projects like like here. Um, But also there's the power in in our gatherings in the midweek so our life groups our small midweek small groups are great places if you want to get to know more people get to know Jesus uh, receive prayer receive ministry grow in your relationship with God those life groups are fantastic places these start again next week and if you're not if you call V61 your community i would say get yourself stuck into a life group. Get, you, get yourself, uh, join us, one of the serving teams, and get yourself into one of those life groups. It's fantastic. Um, this, is, uh, this is the power of the church, not to control, not to manipulate, uh, not to coerce people, but to follow the ways of Jesus. And I want to say that the way we follow Jesus in, our, in power is as we serve as we serve our, our community, serve those people around us. So number one, his presence is with us as we serve our city, as we serve our community. Secondly, number two, his presence is with us as we gather, as we gather together. Um, I went to, um, we saw the video of DTI just now. Uh, when I was 16, 17, I went to kind of a youth Uh, summer camp like that and it was attached to an adult camp and it was fantastic we didn't have silent discos or none of the people dressed up as teddy bears I don't know quite what was going on there but um, (laughs) we didn't have any of that but what I heard as a 16 year old I gave my life to Jesus in that in that big space but I heard that the adult stuff they were seeing the power of God and so, at the end of the youth stuff that was happening at that summer camp, I used to sneak into the adult adult tent. And they were really strict. They were like, "You can't come in." And so, as a 16-year-old, we used to find ways to kind of sneak sneak into different places. And I snuck my I snuck into the adult the adult tent. And they were they were talking about healing, the God of power today that can bring healing. And I was just at the back. I was on the back row and uh, there was a there was a lady in a wheelchair just in front of me and the uh, the preacher he was just talking i can't remember what he was saying but he said i'm gonna invite the power of god to come into this uh, into this tent and if you're sick or if you're in pain i'm gonna ask some people around you to pray to pray with you and so, so someone saw me And then they just grabbed me, and we just found ourselves just standing around this lady in in the wheelchair. And I I was like, what is going on? What is going on? And we prayed. Some people got really emotional and passionate, and I was getting a little bit freaked out because I just had no grid that the power of God was possible. I'd just given my life to Jesus, but I hadn't really realized that his power, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead was still with us today and as we prayed the lady the the the, the two people who were praying for her just got her to try and lift try and stand up and this lady she stood up and she began walking and uh, the whole the tent or the people around us were just emotional and passionate just that God had healed this lady through our prayers. And this lady was crying, her husband was crying, there was just cheers and laughter. As a a 16, 17-year-old lad, that had dramatically altered my life because I now knew that that was possible. And so over the last... over 15 years. <laughs> uh, I've been, I've been uh, trying, I've been helping people to pray for the sick, to pray for those in pain, but also trying to show and tell myself. One of the things that I love doing is, is show and tell. I love seeing people uh, being healed. So I used to, uh, at Sainsbury's, here when Viv and I were just married, I would, I would just stand in Sainsbury's by the uh, entrance and I would just, because I knew that, I knew what got, what was possible, I would just go up to people and say, do you need a miracle? <laughs> do you need a miracle? Are you sick? And every time someone was limping or had a crutch, or I would say, oh, can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? Because I know that God, God had done something when I was a 16, 17-year-old, and I, and I knew that he can do it again. And so it's been an utter privilege to see hundreds of people healed, hundreds of people who have recovered, hundreds of people who have uh, been ministered to by the God who's alive, and he's alive and well. And so his presence is here as we gather together. We worship a God who's alive We do this thing here in the vineyard called ministry time. We do this thing here where uh, all of of this, at the end of our services, we just invite people to receive prayer. All it is is an invitation. You see, as you've guessed by now, we're a charismatic church. We believe in the Holy Spirit, in his gifts, in his healing. uh, And we believe, one of the things that we do is we believe that it's available to every single one of us. That we can participate, every single one of us. It's not a one man or a one woman show. It's all of us here in Balaam, all of us at Westside, all of us at Battersea. We get to get involved. We get to do the stuff. Not only is God's presence with us every day as we serve, but also here as we gather. As we gather here. In our small groups and so we on purpose create a space not only to gather together not only to worship not only to be encouraged not only to be built up by the scriptures but also when we're scattered in our spheres in during the week that all of that is available for us and we cannot deny God's presence is with us here as we gather together on Sundays every Sunday I want to propose that God's presence is here. Um, but also, we want to create a space where anyone can come and return back to the Lord. Remember, we're signposts. Anyone can come back to the Lord. Anyone can, uh, any one of us can be rescued, reorientated, be reset or healed to receive a prophetic promise To be propped up, uh, to come and almost be spiritually thrown into the Father, into God's arms. But the invitation is to come as you are and respond to what the Lord is doing. And I can I want to be honest, you can come on your knees or you can come skeptical. I really don't mind. God really doesn't mind. You can come with questions, or you can come with your pain, you can come with your shame. We don't mind. The Lord doesn't mind, and Jesus knows your every need. Uh, there are times where, where Viv and I, where I would I would uh, be in a service, or I would I'd, I'd know that oh they're going to do a bit of a m- ministry time. They're going to call people to come forward, and I would whisper to Viv. Um, I imagine Viv will start nodding at uh, at Westside. I'd whisper to Viv. And I'll say, I don't care what the preacher says or who, who the Lord wants to come. I don't care if, it's, if the call is for a one-legged mum to come forward. I'm going forward. I don't care if the preachers, if I, this particular person, I'm coming forward. I remember one time they were saying, um, when I wasn't 20, they said, we want to pray for all the 20-year-olds. I said to them, I'm going forward. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember I, my, the pastor looking at me, and he was like, I know you're not 20. <laughs> but I just needed God. I needed his presence. I needed to be propped up by someone. I needed p- prayer. And so I was, I'm just going to get some prayer. I don't care what they're asking. I need Jesus. I need more of Jesus. And there's times where we all need to, to have that Last week, uh, Karen and Kelsey and Tabitha, they they talked about the people, like the church, that we're we're an army, we're a school, we're a community, but also we're a hospital. We all need times where we need to be spiritually uh, repaired from our wounds, whether it's our past or what's going on now. And I want to say Jesus always offers an invitation, whoever you are, wherever you are in your faith.